All right. Hey, welcome to Lighthouse Community. I want to welcome everybody here in the house, uh, especially our guests. Welcome to Bluffton Community, Fostoria. If you're joining us at Lighthouse Online, thanks for being with us today. My name is Fritz Bilo. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, in case this is your first time, let me kind of let you know uh, what we're about here. Uh, we are really all about helping people say yes to Jesus' leadership in their lives. And that's what we do. That's what we do here. And um, if you're not into that, uh, I would say still stick around here because this is a pretty cool place. So I think you're going to want to uh, be with us. And, and weren't, uh, man, weren't the baptisms really great this morning? Isn't that like a great, yeah, that's like a great way for our church to celebrate. I love that. Um, and this church knows how to celebrate baptisms well. And maybe you're going, man, I, I think I missed it. I really want to take a step of baptism in, in my life. Uh, if that's you, uh, you still can. There's a next step on your connection card. We're actually doing baptisms three Sundays from now on April 10th. Uh, you can sign up to get more information about that. And one other thing, we are in our capital campaign, Building to Change Lives, uh, for our new ministry center on County Road 99. And we just recognize that as, uh, as a movement of God in this, um, if we're not engaged in prayer, that uh, we might as well kind of just stop right now. So uh, here's where we're at. We've got uh, next Sunday, we're launching uh, a brand new Building to Change Lives, 40 Days of Prayer, and there's a guide that's going to go with that. Um, and so for 40 days, we're going to emphasize on prayer. Everybody's going to receive a print version uh, of this guide, and uh, on your connection card, you can actually request a daily email that uh, starting, uh, not tomorrow, but next Monday, uh, you will get one uh, each day sent to you uh, for the next 40 days, right? So you'll be able to follow. It'll come right to your email. You can sign up for that using your connection card right now, um, and we'll get that over to you. So that's a couple things that are going on. But um, I was online not too long ago, and I saw that somebody had recently shared this story. They said that um, they had decided to uh, go on a diet, and one of their weaknesses was a bakery. And so what they decided is, I am going to like drive, change my route to work, and I'm going to drive around the bakery so I don't go anywhere near that, have to deal with that temptation. Well, they said one day they accidentally drove past that bakery, and they could smell like all of the joy that was coming out of that building. So they turned to prayer, right? Um, and they said, Lord... Uh, it's up to you. If you want me to enjoy some of what's in there, make a parking space right at the entrance available for me, right? And then wouldn't you know it, like after the eighth time circling around, God <laughs> opened up that space, right? He's so good, right? Like He like meets our needs. But uh, yeah, you know, when, when you're on a mission <laughs> or you've set a goal, nothing gets in your way, right? Um, I, have you ever heard of the term mission drift? Is this a term that you've heard before? Um, if not mission drift, it's, the, it's typically used uh, among organizations to describe uh, when a, an organization begins to move away from its real central purpose or why it started in the first place, right? Uh, so to give a couple of ideas, um, it's the university that was founded on the idea that everybody should know God 
in Jesus Christ. Okay, that's where the university started. And then you fast forward a couple hundred years, and you actually find no mention of Jesus. You find no mention of the gospel uh, anywhere in their website, their mission statement, uh, anything that they do, right? That's mission drift. Um, it's the organization that started as a Bible study for young people, and then fast forward, and, and it's, it, right, it's a gym, right? It's a fitness center today. That's mission drift, okay? That's what happens um, in, in mission drift. And if you don't have persistence on purpose uh, in the vision, without attention to details, it can actually become really easy for an organization to drift from its mission, right? And so I don't know if you know this, but did you know the same thing is true for you? As individuals, it's, it's easy to drift from the mission. And actually, I would say it's actually even easier to do so as an individual because like, we don't have you know, a board of trustees who are going, hey, what are you doing? Or membership that we have to answer to. It's just me. It's just you. And we can decide to do whatever it is that we want to do. And so what if your life, what if your life is already on the wrong mission? Right? Can, can you, can you course correct? Can you course correct? And how hard is it to do that if you needed to? Well, that's one of the reasons we've been journeying over the last six weeks going through this series, What is Real? And over the last six weeks, we have kind of unpacked and uncovered some really critical truths, truths like the Bible is reliable and it's a supernatural document that no other is like it, right? We discovered that the nature of truth is actually Jesus Christ and all other truth measures itself up against him. We saw that uh, actually creation is constantly inviting us to know this God who has created all things. We found that Jesus' resurrection is the bedrock to Christian faith, and without it, the whole thing falls apart and crumbles. And if you were here last week, you got a really clear picture of what genuine faith looks like uh, in day-to-day living. And so let me tell you this. If you missed any of those previous teachings, I would encourage you to go back, watch those, listen to those. You can jump on our website. You can go to uh, Spotify. You can go to um, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're, we're in all the hip places, right? Like, we, we are there, baby. Uh, jump on your tweeter. Uh, all of that stuff, and, and you can find us there. But do yourself a favor. Check those out. Uh, there's a lot of helpful content out there. There's a lot of truth that we've covered. But it begs the question, right? There's like all this truth, and it begs the question, what do I do with it? What do I do with all this truth? Do I, do I memorize it? Do I, do I know it and collect it in my bank uh, of other things that I know? What do I do with this truth? And today we're answering that question. What do I, what do, I do with all this truth? And so as Pastor Matt mentioned, if you will, open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. That's in the New Testament. Or you can click over there on your device. Today's the last day in our series called What is Real, right? We've covered all these topics. We'll never, never, never talk about this stuff again. Uh, So put on your lobster bibs. We are diving in today, okay? Uh, I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 15, and I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, but you can follow along in the version that you have or uh, on the screen behind me too. Ephesians 5.15 says this, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, right? Okay, 
Now, let me, let me tell you what's happened here. In the first part of this letter to the Ephesians, Paul did what we just did over the last six weeks. He took the Ephesians through all this really critical truth, like who is God? Uh, who are you in Christ? And what does that mean, right? The nature of faith, all of that stuff in the front half of Ephesians. And then he crosses over and he answers the question, now what? What do we do with all of this truth? And that's what we start to get into, into our passage. And I want to point out three things that Paul brings to the surface that I think will be helpful for you and me uh, to reflect on and to think about. Here's here's the first point that Paul makes out of this passage. Uh, It's this, reflect on your life. Reflect on your life. What Paul says is, um, he says, look carefully how you walk. That's how verse 15 starts. Now, what he's not saying is, right, he's not like saying, hey, uh, watch where you walk because if you step on a crack, you're going to break your mama's back, right? Like it's none of that. That's not what he's saying uh, or what he's talking about. Instead, this idea of walk, it's a metaphor for how you live your life, your daily decisions, the conversations you have with people. What you do with your time, right? That's the walk that he's talking about. And Paul is saying, pay attention to how you live. Pay attention to how you live, Christ follower. See, what he does in Ephesians 1, in Ephesians 1 he says, listen, uh, if you say yes to Jesus Christ, you now have a brand new identity in Christ. Right? It's new. And then when you fast forward, you get to Ephesians chapter 4, and what Paul said, he reminded these believers that this new new identity in Christ leads to a new lifestyle that's really different than your old one, okay? And so what Paul says, he says, look carefully how you walk, and he defines what it means to live carefully by contrasting wise from unwise, right? Right? He puts that contrast. Do you know how Paul would have defined unwise living? Do you know how he would have defined that? Wasting your days by living for yourself. That's how Paul would have defined living unwise. Uh, he, He would have said setting your own course and feeding your own desires. That is unwise living. You know how the Bible defines wise living? It's found in Psalm chapter uh, one. Excuse me, Psalm one hundred eleven, verse ten. Uh, so let's do this. Actually, let's bring that up on the screen. Let's read this passage out loud uh, together uh, with lots of joy and excitement. Starting with the reverent fear. Are you ready? Go. The reverent fear and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's that's what the Bible says. Actually, worship begins. It kicks off wisdom, right? So knowing God, loving God relying on God. That's, that's living wise. That's what Paul says. He says that's actually the way to live wisely in your life. And so Paul asks a question. He asks a question to the Ephesians. Are you relying on God every day, or are you wasting your days on yourself? And he, asks, he says, listen, reflect on your life. Christ followers reflect on their life. Here's the second point that Paul made is this. He says, Christians, wise Christians keep their eye on two things. Time and God's leadership. It says, wise Christians keeps their, keeps their eye on two things, time and God's leadership. And so uh, wise Christians understand that time is the most precious commodity that they have. Did you know that? Time is your most precious commodity. And, and you, you can't save it. You can't stretch time. 
Do you realize that's one of the only things you're always spending and you can never save it? Time. It's constantly going, right? And so you, Paul says, make the best use of the limited time that you have. And part of that is living in the reality that I don't know when my last breath will be. I don't know when your last breath will be. And so Paul says, now is the time. Well, now's the time for what? Well, that's the other side, right? God's leadership. For God's will to be realized in your life, okay? So as soon as people hear that phrase, God's will, so many people start perking up. Because like, God's will, I want, I want to know God's will for my life, you know? Uh, what, what, will I, what will I do for my job? Who, who will I marry? Should I have this mole checked out? Right, like all of these, all of these things. I want to know God's will for my life. And, and, but that's not the, lie, the, the uh, that's not the God's will that Paul is talking about here, okay? We hear God's will, we immediately think me. Red shirt, blue shirt, or black shirt. Uh, you know, which one should it be? But uh, that's not what Paul's talking about. Actually, the apostle Peter, he understood what Paul was talking about. If you look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Peter wrote this. He said, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. So he's talking about time. And he's saying, listen, for the Lord, he's outside of time, right? He spans time. Time, time has really no meaning. Uh, for him, because he's outside of time and space in that regards. But then he goes on to say this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Now, the promise Peter's referring to is Jesus' return when he comes back, and in this world, uh, right, it's over. He says, he's not slow. You know what he is? He's, He's patient. He's patient toward you. Why? Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Do you see, this is the heart of God. The heart of God is that all people would say yes to him, that all people would, refi- would find repentance in Jesus Christ. Do you want to know what God's will is for your life? I will tell you. I know what God's will for your life is. I have wonderful plans for all of you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but I can tell you what God's will for your life is. Here's what it is. It's to know him. It's to love him. It's to rely on him, always. That's God's will for your life. And do you know as you do those three things, the daily stuff just begins to flesh out, right? He just leads you in that because you're knowing him, loving him, and relying on him. And, and here's the other part of that, uh, because it's not just about you, right? He actually, part of his will is inviting others into that as well. So like Paul is going, listen, Ephesians, um, listen, I know you have issues at work. I, I know that Mary in accounting is like way too much all of the time. I get that. I know at your house, like the sewer's backed up and you're dealing with all these issues. I get it. You have all of this stuff going on. And I'm not saying that's not important, okay? But what he is saying is this, just put all of that in light of eternity, because work and sewers don't last forever. But people will exist somewhere forever, right? This is what Paul is saying. He's saying the time to invite is now. Live carefully. Resist mission drift. This is what Paul's saying. Here's the third point that Paul makes. 
and you kind of you be, you see you kind of extrapolate this out of the passages with what Paul is inviting us into. You see who God is within all of it, right? Uh, basically, you be, when you read the passages, you learn this about God: that God is wise, and that God has a plan. You can learn. You actually see that really clearly in the passage. You go, well, how how do you know that? Well, Paul says, hey, I want you to live carefully. I want you to live diligently. And I want you to live with attention to the task at hand, which is God's will in the gospel, okay? That's what I want you to do. Hey, guess where Paul got that from? The Lord. (laughs) Because God, right? God is careful. God is diligent. God pays attention to the task at hand with what is going on, right? And so God is wise, and all of his decisions are right. By the way, God will never suffer from mission drift. God never has suffered from mission drift. God never will suffer from mission drift. If there's anybody who is on point, in in alignment, it is him. And you begin to see here from this passage that God has a plan. He's wise and he has a plan. Do Do you know what the plan is? I will tell you the plan. The plan is this, is that God's son, Jesus, like busted into our world like Rambo, right? Like this, like this sanctified commando, like drops into our world. He defeats sin and death. And along the way, he trains this squad of people to also go rescue other people out of sin and death, right? And guess what? You're on the rescue list. Do you know that? You're on the rescue list. Jesus did that for you. That's our God. So, so what does all this mean for us, right? We're kind of unpacking truth. We're touching on a few things. What does all of this truth mean for us? Well, I think it means this, and, and to be aware of this. Our time is limited. Our time is limited. And so we can live with open eyes to gospel opportunities and open, in, open ears attuned to God's leadership, okay? Our time is limited, so we can live with open eyes to gospel opportunities and open ears attuned to God's leadership. Uh, Jesus was the absolute best at this, by the way. Nobody did this like Jesus did. So Jesus lived carefully and intentionally. Jesus knew the Father. Jesus loved the Father. Jesus relied on the Father all of the time, right? And he knew that his time on earth for ministry was limited, Okay? It was limited. And so he always made the best use of his time, right? He's serving. He's praying. He's teaching. You know what else Jesus was doing while he's busy doing all of that? You know what he's doing? He was resting. Because he knew at times he needed to rest from all of that work. There was even this moment, I love it, you see it in the Gospels, when the disciples are kind of like screwing around. and like, hey, this is great, Jesus, let's just camp out here. And Jesus goes, no. Let's go. We have other villages and towns that we need to go to to share the gospel with. Get up. Let's go. Stop playing, you know, hillbilly golf. Let's make it happen. Um, and so Jesus knew, God, if you haven't played hillbilly golf, do yourself a favor, right? Pick you up one at Walmart, you'll have a blast. Um, but uh, he knew God's will, right? And what's God's will? To seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. It's what he came to do. So if you want to see the best example of somebody who recognized time is limited with an eye to God's uh, gospel opportunities and an ear to God's leading, you have to look at Jesus. He's the only one who did it like that. Nobody is like him. But what you can begin to see is that you and I, we have limited time too. And unfortunately, in this church family, 
uh, there have been many recently who have been face-to-face with this reality that time is short, right? We've lost some loved ones uh, over the, I mean, recently, just in the last few weeks, but also just over the past couple of years, um, people very, very close to us um, have gone on, and that's tough, but it raises that awareness, right, that time is limited. And, and I wonder, have you ever had a conversation with somebody who knew that they were near the end of their life? You ever had like a real conversation with somebody like that, right? Maybe they got a diagnosis of something that was terminal or, or maybe they just knew, right? Have you ever had a conversation with them? Here's what I've found every time I talk to people who are in that situation. They have this new, remarkable ability to cut past the fluff, right? Like they don't care about the fluff. Here's what I mean by that, right? They pick up the phone call, What? You want to talk to me about my car's warranty? Nope. You know, uh uh-uh. Oh, what? The big news? Tom Brady's back? Never heard of her, right? Like, they're just, they don't even, these people don't have time for that, right? Like, you know what they do have time for? Purpose. Relationships. That's what they have time for. That's what they care about. Expiration dates have this way of creating urgency, right? You ever gotten ready in the morning and you go to grab the milk and you see today's the day? (laughs) You're using all the milk, (laughs) right? Today. That's what expiration dates do, right? You're using it up. But here's the tough thing. You and I don't have expiration dates stamped on the tuchus, right? Like we we don't know when our last breath is going to be, we can't presume on later. We only really have right now. That's it. Yeah, you can make plans. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making plans and thinking about that kind of stuff, but all you really have is now. This is the only thing that's real, right? And so what we do as Christ followers is we buy back the time we have, right? You redeem it now. And how do you do that? Well, that's what we talked about. You open up your eyes to the gospel and your ears to God's leading now. You open up your eyes to the gospel. And for some here today, you know what that means? For some of you, for some of us, it's going to mean saying yes to Jesus as your rescuer and inviting Jesus to break you out of your prison cell. By the way, real freedom, amazing. Five out of five stars, right? If I could give it six, I would. Um, but that's what it may mean for some of us. For others, it's going to mean looking for opportunities that God puts in front of you to share the gospel with other people. That's what that looks like. Now, for most of us, we don't even know what this looks like, right? We hear about like gospel opportunities that God puts in front of us, and we don't even, because what we have is we have this image of this perfect moment where our friend comes to us, and they're sobbing, you know, like, help me with my unbelief, and he drops to his knees in repentance, and we look up to the sky, and the clouds break open, and Jesus comes through, and he gives a thumbs up, and he nods, and he winks, and we go, okay, and salvation happens, right? Like, that's what a lot of people think. That's what that moment looks like. But it doesn't, right? Do you want to know what gospel opportunities really look like? They're conversations on the phone with your mom, and you nervously offer to pray for her. And you stumble through that conversation. It's chatting it up with the girl who's ringing up your burrito at Chipotle to build a relationship with her, because maybe the next time you come around, you'll be able to have another deeper conversation with her, right? It's checking in on your neighbor, to see how they're doing, maybe introducing yourself to your neighbor to find out who they are, right? 
It's inviting your friend to Easter to just see if they would want to come. And the choice is theirs, and it doesn't matter. You know, it's like it's up to them what they want to do, but I want you to join me. Gospel opportunities look like life. That's what they look like. Everyday life. And life happens, and with courage, you do things like you pray for that person. You give a cup of cold water to a thirsty person. You ask questions, and then you actually listen to what somebody says. And then you ask them more questions, right? And then at some point, you may humbly share with them why Jesus is the most amazing person who has ever introduced himself to you. In, their, in your entire life. And sometimes what God will do in that process is he will give you a front row seat to watching somebody be born. But not the kind where it's like messy and screaming and doctors and spanking and all, right? Like not that kind of being born, but it's this supernatural kind where the Holy Spirit brings a dead person back to life. And you watch as the Holy Spirit takes up residency in their life and their desires begin to change and their outlook begins to be transformed and they can't really understand why they're full of joy. And they go, I think I need to get baptized. I don't know why, but I'm ready to do that, right? Open your eyes. That's what it requires. Now, you might be going, well, okay, listen, what if sharing the gospel is like, that's or, or thinking about other people coming to faith, I just don't think about that in a given day. I'm going to be straight up with you, right? I don't even think about that. I haven't even thought about that until you just now said something about it. That's just not something that goes through my mind. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, here's what I would say to you. Let the resurrection of Jesus Christ get in you. Invite the gospel to thrill your soul, Right? I'm going to give you three passages. I want to encourage you to write this down. I'm going to give you a little uh, idea you could do with them. The first passage is this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Write it down. I'm not going to tell you again. Uh, <laughs> uh, next one is 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'll repeat it in a second. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. What you do is you write one down, your friend writes another one down, and your other friend writes down three, and then you get them all together, right? Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. 1 Timothy 1. 15. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and 1 Timothy 1, 15, okay? Let me encourage you this week, read those passages one at a time, right? Uh, but, and meditate on them. Medi- like, just literally think, read them again and again and again, and meditate and think on them and deliberate about what that means, right? Think deeply. What does it mean when Ephesians 2 says you're dead? What does it really mean to be dead? What does it mean and what does it look like for Jesus, who's holy and sinless, to become sin? What does that mean? What does it feel like to be rescued? What is the joy of knowing that I'm going to live eternally in the presence of God? Right? And ask, as you're reading and as you're meditating, as you're thinking, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with the joy of knowing that Christ has done that for you, right? Now, one last thing. When you blow it, and you will, all right? Uh, You will. And what I mean by blowing it is when you fail to recognize opportunities for the gospel, uh, when you're afraid, 
to step into them. When you simply refuse, I'm not doing that right now. Right? Uh, when, as Paul would write it, when you live foolishly, wasting your days on yourself, I want you to remember this in this moment. You have been accepted by God not based on your performance. You've been accepted by God based on Christ's performance for you. And you rest in that, even when you screw it up. And so what I want to invite you to do is when you do blow it, apply the exact same gospel to yourself that you're inviting your friend or your family member into as well, right? You confess, you turn away from living life for yourself, and you live life under God's leadership. So here's an idea you might consider this week. I want to I throw this out to you, is consider praying for a friend and inviting them to join you at Lighthouse Community over the next few weeks, right? Something along those lines. Now, uh, chances are you're already thinking about who that friend is, who that person is. You've got their face uh, in your mind. Their name is coming to you, right? Um, and here's what I would encourage you to do. Write their name down. Pray that God would open up doors. And when those doors open, seize the opportunity and go after it. And have that discussion and meet with them. Why? Because our time is not unlimited. Our time's limited, right? We don't have access to unlimited time in this world. Actually, this is the next step on your connection card. And so if, you want, if you'd like to, I would love it if you would do it. If you would write your, the names of the people you're going to be praying for and inviting on your connection card, there's a space for that. I would love to pray with you over the next few weeks specifically for those names and for those people um, and join you in that, and we'll see what God does. The reality is this, right? Mission drift happens, but it doesn't have to, right? Mission drift, you, you veer off from the original purpose, the original vision, and all of us have drifted from the original purpose of knowing God, loving God, and relying on God, and Jesus is the ultimate course corrector when we put our faith in him. He does that. And so mission drift still happens, but it doesn't necessarily have to. And so my prayer this week has been that the Holy Spirit would help us to see that our time is limited. And the time for our family and the time for our friends is limited as well. And so the time is now. The urgency would be increased in our own lives that he would teach us how to live now with an eye for gospel opportunities, with ears open to God's leading in our lives. And I believe that in this room right now, I believe that people who are joining us, wherever you're at, through Lighthouse Online, there are people who are going to begin hearing God speak to them for the very first time, today even. There's going to be some people who say yes to Jesus for the first time. There's going to be some people who say yes to Jesus that it has been now the thousandth time right? That they're saying yes, because last time he asked you to crack open your Bible and you said yes. And today he's asking you to take a step of inviting somebody that you love deeply to know him more. And you're going to say yes to that today. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would give every one of us front row seats to somebody being born again. Right? God is wise. God has a plan. And we can trust him. Stay the course. Live on mission. 
trust him even when it's really hard because trusting him is good. It's what you're made for. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and give you a moment to ask this question and then listen to what God may be saying to you. Jesus, what are you saying to me right now through this message? Listen to him. What is he saying to you? Well, we want to pray for you. This is something that's really important in our time together on Sunday mornings. And here's what I want to ask everybody here in the house. If you're here in the room, I'm going to ask just nobody to leave uh, the room just yet. Unless you've got an emergency, that's understandable. But just nobody leave the room uh, at this point. And what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, the band's going to play one more song. And I'm going to invite you to slip out of your seat and receive prayer with one of our prayer leaders who are going to be, we're going to have one prayer leader uh, in each corner of the room, okay? And so if you see somebody standing, looking like they're waiting for someone, that's probably a prayer leader. And you, they're, they're waiting for you to pray with you. And so you can just go up to them and say, hi, my name's Fritz. I'm wondering, would you pray for this in my life? And they're going to say, yes, I will. And they're asking you to bow your heads and they're going to pray over you. And it won't be long. They know to just pray, you know, maybe about 20, 30, 40 seconds. But every one of us need prayer, right? And you can pray about any area of your life. And you don't have to be a member of Lighthouse. You don't have to be embarrassed to receive prayer. Um, you don't have to be a certain age, right? It's like, oh, that's only for people who are retired to go get prayer. It's like, no, you can be a teenager, right? You, you, can be, you can be in your 20s, your 30s. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you want prayer, I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to invite you to do the same. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.